0: So, but last week we did talk about fire, and we talked about what the Bible like says about fire, and I think it's neat how through, like, just the, I love the campfire. So I sit around the campfire, and I think about it forever. What I love most about the campfire is I think that when men sit around the campfire, they go to their nothing box, The box where no one else is there with them, no one else can talk to them, they're just like a moth to the flame, they're drawn in, no one's listening, there's no video games, nothing is happening, it's just peace, we're not, nothing is happening, and it's just such a wonderful place, but for, like forever, man has... um, had a special thing with the fire, mostly because of all the, all the things that it did, right? Like it kept, uh, it warmed us through the night, it kept animals at bay, it brought safety, it, you know, it, it, it made food edible and, and water drinkable, it, and the technology that fire created for us was, it was massive, it was huge. And throughout Scripture, you see a lot of different references to fire. Next week, we're going to talk to you about uh, the power of the tongue, and how uh, James said, uh, the tongue is like an unruly fire, um, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be good, I think, hopefully. But last week, we talked about fire in the sense of how the scripture referred it to like zeal. Um, God is a consuming fire, we saw throughout the scriptures, and it, the, a little bit of The scripture talked about Jesus as if he had such burning desire for his people that when he was saw in heaven by John when he had this encounter, they saw fire in his eyes. That fire was a reference to what was happening in his soul. And uh, God is a, he's burning for us. And so we read the, the, the passage last week in Revelations about God's desire for us to love him in this same way. There is no relationship that we enjoy that's just one-sided. And when we enter into this relationship with the Lord, I want to make sure that we all understand that the way that he loves us is the way that he desires us to love him back. And that's that way with everyone. We want everyone to be all in in our our zeal. And the Lord said, hey, look, I want you to not be lukewarm. I want you to be fiery. I want you to burn for me. And we talked about some things that you can do to be zealous for God, right? Like sharing our faith and uh, some other cool things. And uh, I think that that's great. This week, we're going to change it a little bit. I'm going to start off with a really kind of weird passage um, as I think about life. And um, this is James uh, chapter one, verse two and three. And I'm going to read it this time because I butchered it earlier. This was the first book of the Bible that I read, I memorized. And uh, so I love James because it's James has got ADD. If, uh, if you like reading stuff that changes the focus, James changes what he's talking about every two words. You're know, like, well, what are you talking about now, James? Oh, all right, we'll follow you. Anyways, this is what he says. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. But let perseverance have its perfect work, he's going to say later in the next verse. I, I purposely wanted to just r- say this to you, but let perseverance have its perfect work that you may be complete, lacking nothing. We don't want you to lack. And so he's talking about how there's these trials that are going to come in your life that's going to produce this perseverance in your life so that you'd be perfect and complete. Now, I don't know about you, but there's not many times in my life where I get excited about difficult times I don't get excited about hardship. I like things easy, right? We're American We like our air conditioning set at 68. We like to be perfectly comfortable at all times We want we want our meal faster uh, We want everything to happen when we want it when we want it and when things don't happen as we see them It's frustrating and it's difficult and uh but I want you to know what the Lord is doing in your life is not letting you lead the ship. You're not the Lord of your own life. And so what happens in these moments is there's a pull that can be kind of frustrating and he's got to do things in your life to cultivate that character and make you perfect and complete. Do you understand? So I'm thinking about some things in my life and let me just read you a verse and we'll see where this goes here. He says, First Peter said it this way. Verse 6 and 7, he says, So be truly glad, therefore wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials, let me stop here, for a little while. Be truly glad, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. First of all, this is absurd. All of us are going through some sort of hardship right now in your life. What I think about is the contrast of humans that gather in any circle. There are some in this room that are single. And sometimes you can be single, and that is the worst part of your life. All you want is to be with someone. The contrast of some other people in this room, that God has blessed you with someone and that is the worst part of your life. Uh, And it is crazy how this happens. I know there are some people that are just madly in love and you're disgusting to the rest of us. But uh, the people, God puts seasons in your life to test you and to try you to bring about character. And so some of you are fighting through depression and some of you are fighting through the depression that you just can't make this other person the way that you know that they should be. Uh, Life gets hard and there is conflict in many things. It comes through finances. It comes through work. It comes through desire of increase and promotion. It comes through uh, uh, health, right? And so so many times in life, we are going to go through a trial that is difficult. Now, why is it important that I talk to you about this today? Because this is the real Gospel, there are many different things that people will say that if you just come to Jesus, everything is going to be good. And that has not been my reality yet. I mean, like, I know, like, listen, God is good and my life is great with him in it, but it doesn't mean that I still don't have to go through the same hardship that the next guy has to go through. And I think many of us think that we're just gonna accept Jesus and until we ride off in the sunset with him without ever getting sick once in our life. We're just gonna magically go to heaven and it's just gonna be perfect for everyone. But the reality is, is that even if I was to leave, some of you like me and you would mourn my loss. Just as I would mourn yours, there is heartache in Christianity on all sides. When we lose someone, when we gain someone, when we uh, when we're going through health issues and God's not healing us on our schedule, or when we don't get the money that we need to pay to do the things that we want to do, there are things that you want to buy that He won't give you. There are things that you want in promotions that you earned that someone else got and you deserved it more. And there are and God has designed things in your life to create conflict in you to create a. better version of you. Does that make sense to anyone? Fantastic. And so Peter is saying in this scripture, he's absolutely crazy. He's saying, be truly glad when you're going through many trials that last for a little while. And sometimes these little whiles are a few weeks. And a few weeks can turn into a few months. And a few months can turn into a few years. And seasons can be hard sometimes. But I want you to know that there is a desire that the Lord has in your life to see you through this thing so you'd be perfect and complete, like James says. I'm going to show you what the rest of what Peter said. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. These trials will show that your faith is real. In other words, you're going through hell, but you haven't lost sight of what your hope is. And it's going to reveal to others that God is good, not because of what he does, but because of who he is, right? When we decide to engage in a relationship, we don't decide to engage in a relationship because they make me feel better. We decide that we want to make them feel better. That's the purpose of what we're doing. And so these, these trials are designed to show you that your faith is genuine, uh, I got to keep going here. I don't know where I'm at. I lost my place. Okay, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of Jesus Christ revealed to the whole world. Your faith is being tested like pure gold. Um, And so I don't know if you're aware of the process of purifying gold, but um, it requires some fire. And um, I, uh, don't worry, Uh, I know Brady's back, so this week I'm going to make the fire a little bit smaller so I don't get in trouble. Some of you guys yelled at me last week. Brady, there was like a 100 people that were like, you can't do that, Brandy. (laughs) So... uh, We'll make a smaller fire this week. What I've learned is that fire can warm your bones and it can be good, and fire can also hurt and it can be dangerous. And you got to know the season that you're in and the purpose for what's happening and the opposition that you're against. Because if you can realize that this trial is there to actually to do something good in your life, you'll realize that it's not a curse. So some of you are alone in this season, and that's not your enemy. Actually, it can be your blessing. Some of you are married in this season, and you got to know that's not your curse. It is your blessing. And the conflict that you're having is actually making one voice. It's creating one will, not two. Some people hate conflict. They'll do everything they can to escape it. But conflict is a wonderful thing for us as people because the argument is pushing us together. Together. Together, conflict is good. And we have trials and seasons of hardship, and it's not bad. Although it can hurt, it's designed to be good. What the Lord is doing in your life may not be on your schedule. It may not be on your pace. And the things that you're going through may be difficult, but I promise they are good for you. It's just hard because you're an American now, and you've learned everything through the microwave everything's got to happen faster and on your schedule, and when that doesn't happen, it drives us crazy. James said that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, but let it have its perfect work, so you may, you'd be patient. Like, all of these trials is designing to develop patience inside of you, and that's the one thing that our culture, like, cannot have. Like, there's no worse day than a flat tire. It's not because the flat tire happened. It's because, it didn't happen on my schedule. Like I did and it like ah life is I think God wants to figure out ways to just slow us down. Like when you minister the gospel to someone, it's not normally gonna happen on your schedule. And I thought about that last week with Moses in the burning bush and how he saw the Lord and he had to change his direction to pursue God in the midst of craziness. Trials can be painful. So The refining of gold requires heat and it requires more heat and more heat and more heat and it's painful but there's stuff inside that gold that it it would cause that gold to break and be cheap and be brittle and so what they have to do is add heat to it so everything that's not good in it will rise to the surface and oftentimes the feelings the confusion the, well, that's overtaking you is the crap that's rising to the surface. And if you can find truth and replace it with those emotions that are overtaking you, it could be massively helpful for you. That's a nugget that I didn't plan on saying here today. Let me show you this. God blesses those whose hearts are pure For they will see God. Let me say that again. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. So, the idea of God taking you through a fire is to make your faith more pure than gold, He is after purity. And so sometimes I think we've come to Christ and we kind of just stop wherever we're at and whatever hardship, but the hardships in your life is a fire design, designed to create the conflict that causes the crap to rise to the surface. Your lack of temperance, you're, you're speaking whatever you want, you're going off the handle, the anger, the rage fits, the confusion, the depression. It's designed to allow those things to rise up so you can confess them and get rid of them and say, God, all I need is you. You're all that I'm sorry I've done wrong today. You set your face back to the Lord, and it creates purity, and the pure in heart will see God. And I think when we learn that the kingdom of God is set on our hearts, so the stuff that's coming out of our mouth, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. We're going to talk about this next week. So the crap that's coming out is really the crap that's, that's on the inside. And what he's trying to do is create situations in your life that will refine this thing right here so you can draw closer to him. It's really a a fantastic concept. Let me show you. Oh, you need healing in your life, and you're not getting it. And the doctor can't solve it. Well, who do you go to? It's a perfect strategy. Oh, your kids are sick, and you can't do anything about it. Who do you go to? He's allowing things in his life that don't scare him at all. You have to understand, he's lived for thousands of years. He's seen everything under the sun. There is not a circumstance that you're going through that makes him nervous. Because the end result is we'll be with him. Death doesn't fear him. Financial uh, ruins don't fear him. Like Nothing rattles him, it rattles us. And he's rattling you to draw closer to him. Does that make sense? And so let me share this with you. Philippians chapter one, verse six. Paul said it this way, and this is a promise that I kind of want to get in your heart today if you can hear this. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And why am I saying this? Because I think sometimes we get really hard on ourselves, And I think sometimes you just gotta give yourself a little bit more credit for where you are than where you wanna be. And I know that you may not be where you wanna be and sometimes we're hard on ourselves because we know the crap is there sometimes under the surface. And I want you to know that the Lord is, is committed to making you perfect. He's committed to making you pure He's committed to walking with you when no one else wants to walk with you. He he is crazy obsessed with you. Sometimes I think that's funny because I I just think of how creepy it would be if it was an actual person. (laughs) Like, dude, leave me alone, John. And he just loves you. He 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 loves you. And so I'm thinking about this refining fire and how some of this works, how people would use fire to do, to make. Something that's precious. I think of like bladesmithing and people like this. There's a show that I like to watch. Some of you guys may have seen it. It's called uh, Forged in the Fire. You ever watch this? It's I think it's so rad because they, it, like, it's not like these baking shows where, like, they're, listen, like, there's real pressure going on in these, like, a lot of these guys, they're, they're standing in front of a machine that's blowing like 8,000 degrees at them right now. And these guys, like, they get tired and they pass out. Like, it's hard. And they're hammering these things and they're trying to take a regular piece of metal, sometimes two or three, smash it into one and turn it into something that they want to use. And it has to be strong. It can't break. It's got to be sharp and it's got to be tough. And what they're doing is really difficult to make something that'll be an object in their master's hands. And that's us. And it requires a massive amount of heat to do this. And I think what is it that this fire is doing? Well, it's trying to get out all the imperfections when you take three pieces of metal and put them into one, you've got to make sure there's no air in there. I mean, there's, there can't be any cracks. It's got to be tight, man. This thing's got to be together. And this is what the Lord is doing with us, trying to make something that's strong. And I thought of some things that he wants from us as a bladesmith would want in his blade. I think he would want something that's reliable, something that has consistency throughout it, something that is pure, so it doesn't have the imperfections that cause it to break. Something that's strong and can withhold pressure. I think about these things, and most of the moments in our life, these trials, why I think it's so important that I bring up the word patience is because I think a lot of the trials that happen in our life happen under a timeline or under a schedule, right? Think about you're in college and finals are this week. I don't think anyone cusses more than they do when they're under a schedule. I mean, it's just like life is against you. You know, you're trying to, some of you are trying to get your kids ready for church today. And you're, Shut up, you son of a dude, go to church. you And you're trying to bring it all together and be Christian, and it's because there's this schedule against you and it's hardship. Like when life has a timeline, it creates panic. And it makes you feel like it's not going to happen, and it, test your will to be able to relax rest in the moment things are going to work out but this schedule and this timeline of this bill and these things that's going on it will test all of your motives does that make sense so i'm thinking about these things that god is doing inside of us and i thought of a story that i thought i'd share with you that's in the scripture and um There's some of us that we have these dreams, and we don't understand what's going on, and why are we in this season, and why am I still in this season? And it's been like two weeks, God, and this two months now, and it's been two years, and I haven't gotten out of this season that I'm in, and it takes me to this man named Joseph in the Old Testament. I just want to talk to you about this guy named Joseph, and so here's, here's, let me give you some background, or a little bit of background. I'm I'm going elementary here, but um, Joseph had 11 brothers. (laughs) 11 brothers. And Joseph was competitive just like most people. He wanted to be better than his brothers and his dad thought he was really special and gave him this cool jacket and Joseph walked around like he was the man. And uh, he thought he was. And one day he had a dream and that dream said that his brothers would one day all bow to him. I think Joseph misinterpreted the dream. I think the dream was that one day his brothers would come to him and he'd be able to serve them. And what he saw was them bowing down to him, and I don't think he saw that he was actually had something to give. But many of us misinterpret the dream in our life. We misinterpret the timeline that it's supposed to happen in, the schedule that it's supposed to happen on, how it's supposed to go down, the way, where, and uh, we always, we just want to be the man. Well, that dream, Joseph went and told his brothers how he was the man, and uh, it kind of upset them a little bit. They decided they were going to murder him. <laughs> uh, after a few minutes of conversation, one of the brothers explained to them, maybe we shouldn't murder him. Let's just dig a really big pit and throw him in it. <laughs> and we'll laugh at him. from a... And so they throw Joseph in this pit, and he's got this dream, and he's, his dream is that his brothers are going to bow down to him. And he's looking up from a pit at 11 brothers, going, this is not what the dream looked like. Anyone else ever been there? Say it the way I saw it. Well, the brothers decided that they would let him out of the pit only to, to, to sell him into slavery. They trafficked their brother. They lied and told their dad that he died. So Joseph finds himself in a different kind of dream, one that also seems hard. It's not the dream that he saw. God put a dream in his heart that his brothers would bow down to him, and now he finds himself in a jail. And I'm going to take you into this story. I'm going to read 12 verses to you that kind of give you the tone of what's happening. Because Joseph, see, what, what, what God is doing is he's bringing about trials in our life to create character so he can trust us. One of the things that I always have prayed, I don't pray it every day and not even every month, but one of my favorite prayers that God has taught me is, God, don't, don't give me something, where my, don't put me somewhere where my character can't keep me. Like, I want to make sure that I can sustain that level of success at that level. So don't give me a marriage if I can't be faithful and honor them. Don't give me a promotion. Don't grow our church to a level where we can't lead it. God, give me something where I have character to be on that level. Does that make sense? I've seen too many ministries, man, where they make the paper because the guy got bigger than his ministry, and the whole thing came tumbling down. I ain't interested in that. Uh, so let me show you Joseph. He's got a dream, and God's working this dream out in his life, and he's trying to develop character inside of him. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything that he did as he served the home, in the home of the Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed, or noticed this, and he realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so So he he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of the entire household and everything he owned. And from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. That's awesome. So Potiphar, uh, so all of his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and his livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph a complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except the kind of food that he would eat. Joseph was very handsome and uh, he looked a lot like Tim Broughton. He was a, a well-built man, uh, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully, kind of like the way my wife looks at me every day. <laughs> it's really awesome. Come and sleep with me, she demanded, but Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. And she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as, as, as possible. And one day, however, no one was around when he went to do his work. She came, she came and she grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, come sleep with me. And, and Joseph tore himself away, and she was left with his cloak in her hand, and he ran from the house. Joseph had a dream, and God was trying to develop character. I don't understand, I would have thought that God wouldn't have put him in this position. I would have thought God would have fulfilled him here. But his character had to be drawn yet further. He was tempted day after day after day. I don't know why he didn't just put his foot down and go and tell Potiphar, hey, look, your wife's a scumbag. Um, <laughs> but he didn't. He allowed himself to be put back in a situation and I'm not condemning him. Man, that, that's huge. Like the amount of character that he had. But yet it took him to fall yet again into another scenario that was even worse before God can fulfill the dream that he had put inside Joseph. So Joseph was rewarded for his integrity with a darker punishment. He was put in prison in a cell for years. For years Joseph was honored for his integrity with a more difficult situation. Some of you are going to find yourselves in a situation at work with finances, maybe sales, maybe 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 it's your taxes. And how are you going to are you going to walk in integrity or are you going to walk as everyone else around you? Joseph walked with integrity and yet he was rewarded with punishment. But I want you to know that what the Lord said that I want you to be perfect and complete lacking nothing and that I will work my work in you until the day of Jesus. And all will know who you are. His his desire is to honor you and lift you up. There is suffering, regardless of whatever folks say, about Christianity. Yes, when you come to Christ, there is joy. There is peace. There is patience. There is kindness. I do have to work for those things in my life. I do have to cultivate those things in my life. However, there is hardship. If Jesus had to go to the cross, and he told me that if I wanted to follow him, that I had to carry my own cross, why would I think that these things in my life are just going to disappear? And so I think oftentimes we're calling blessings in our life a curse, and it's causing a frustration that's robbing you of peace because you don't recognize the season and the God you're walking with. And so Joseph found himself in a hard situation. He's not the only one. You can look at anyone Noah. Well, I, I said this to my wife the other day trying to be clever and I thought it was really cute. I liked it. I'm going to tell you guys it. Noah lived for over 300 years and he only reached six people with the gospel. That's crazy. Like like there are difficult things in life. Like everyone's going through hardship. Samson went through it. David went through it. Joshua went through it. Caleb went through it. Name a person in scripture and if they were great it's because they went through hardship. You're not exempt because he's trying to make you great also. So most theology, theologians, if you would read and study the scripture, would say that Joseph was about 18 when um, this story started with this dream in his heart, and more than 22 years went by before God fulfilled the dream in his life. <laughs> that, that sucks. You know, like, I just want to know, God, like, I want to learn my lessons quick, you know? I want to surrender to you, God. Like, I want to be trustworthy with whatever you got. I want to learn it fast so that we can do what we need to do, and you can entrust me with more, and we can move on. But if the fire is getting hotter, it's not because God's not faithful. It's because he's trying to bring about something beautiful inside of you. Rachel, would you come? There's a few things that I wanted to challenge you to do that I think will help you in your refining process, and they're simple. They're so simple, in fact, that we won't do it. Many of us, it's the simple things in life that we forget to do. And number one is Pray. You know what I love about the process of refining? I think that this is pretty clever. In the process of refining, they say that gold will heat up, liquefy, and all of the dirt rises to the top, right? And they say that a a person that's refining gold knows when it's done because he can skim all the dirt off the top and he can see his own reflection in the gold, So what God is trying to do is not make you a better Lacey, a better Phil, a a, a better Dan, a better Pat. What he's trying to do is make you a better Jesus. He wants to see his character in you. And he's got to get all of you out. And that's hard, but like is there anyone more beautiful on all the earth than Jesus? That's what we're going for. And so in prayer... It's important when you lose your tongue, please learn how to pray and confess our sin. Confess when we're we're struggling with patience. Like when you're at the deli this week at Walmart and you're standing in line and the person cut in front of you and you have to wait an extra two and a half minutes, remind yourself to be patient confess it to the Lord have relationship have prayer it will refine you the second thing is the word of God please understand that if you're trying to become more like Jesus in your life you cannot do this without the word when we read the word it is like looking into a mirror it examines our soul and it's leading us as to what is right if you want to be more like Jesus you don't start by being more like Tim you do it by reading the Bible I don't need you to be what what is the guy? uh, Who cares? There's um, the third thing is have fellowship. This is the hardest for people. It's the hardest because we are so freaking guarded. We think relationship happens on Facebook now. Like I'm close to people because I saw them post something. It's not relationship. We're it's pushing us further apart. Got to be careful. When we have relationship with people, it grows us. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron, so we do unto on one another. I had lunch with a bunch of dudes this week, and um, it was really funny. Six guys went out to have dinner this week, and six guys, I, I, I kid you not, God, I strike me dead if I'm lying. all six of us are crying at this table, eating chicken wings, crying with one another, and it's because we're all going through hell. And we start opening it up. And what I realize is that when I show you my fire, so when iron sharpens iron, it's not just two pieces of metal striking each other. One's got to go in the fire. And when that thing gets hot, when it's going through hell, now you can bang it with something else and make it sharper. So we got to share these struggles with each other. Like real life is happening and you do it on your own you're going to go into this world that makes you feel like you're the only one. That's Everyone's got something. Sometimes my, my biggest problem is my wife. She doesn't understand how awesome I am, you know? She didn't wake up this morning singing about me. I just don't get it. But I did her. I was singing about you, babe. I'm just kidding. Love you. God's going to refine you, and he's going to use the closest people around you and sometimes the people that aren't around you to refine you Jesus' goal is to make you blameless and pure before the day of Jesus He's coming back for a spotless bride that's pure and He is fighting for your purity and so right now I just want to pray real quick that God would Cause you to just rest in the situation you're in and know that he's with you. He's got you. He's got you. Loves you. He's got you.